Hey, this is KZ from the band Dreamwell, and you're listening to the Brutally Delicious Podcast. One, two, three, the Brutally Delicious Podcast. The Brutally Delicious Podcast. The Brutally Delicious Podcast. So let's just jump in, like Rena said, for those not familiar with Dreamwell, can you give us the two-sentence elevator pitch, boardroom pitch? Um, yeah, we are a really gay screamo band uh, that also does, that also people who don't like screamo would hopefully like. <laughs> Okay, I, I uh, have to admit, I, I thought I was pretty freaking hip and cool, but I've never heard of Screamo. Explain. Um, well, it's kind of evolved out of the um, like the emo style, like uh, emotional hardcore. So like, right, which came about in like the '90s and 2000s. So um, it kind of evolved from that and had more he heavier, more extreme elements, uh, screaming, obviously, and um. So that style's kind of been around since the 90s and um <clears throat> uh there's been like a couple like waves of that like it's come in and out of style but in the last 10 15 years especially there's kind of been a new wave of like um screamo bands so like when we were getting started we were basically when I was uh pitched to join the band it was like hey do you want to join a band that's um, inspired by Tushi Amore, Pianos Become the Teeth, uh, and, like, Defeater. Um, so that was kind of that wave of Screamo that was going on at that time back in, like, 2016. Um, and then, uh, like, we're kind of part of a newer wave of those bands that uh, are keeping the genre alive. Sweet. Yeah. You've not heard of that over there, Rena? What? You've not there heard is. of that over there. Maybe it's more of an American thing. I don't know. I'm sure there are people even in this um, <laughs> third world country who call Finland. Hey, Zachary, how you doing? Yeah, I'm yeah. Bruce. That's we have I'm the Barbie here. movie, Oppenheimer. We have it all. You really? know. <laughs> you have cinema <laughs> there. Come here. But maybe it's maybe it's my age. You know, <laughs> like that. I, I was already grown out of the emo phase or like you know i was too old for emo when it came out and like now it's screamo apparently has <laughs> and, and it all this all just makes me think about disenchantment the like uh matt graining netflix uh show the cartoon that is kind of like uh you know the simpsons and futurama but it's like this uh magical kingdom and and they have these elves that are like everything their their names end in o they had a screamo there <laughs> and the elf just screamed a lot apparently <laughs> nice <laughs> but hey zachary i bet you're super happy to be joining the show now like listening how how um perfect sense we're making so far <laughs> welcome yeah hey zachary um, hi oh uh, so it's just for the rest of this it's actually kz zachary is my like professional name awesome. it's not what i go by perfect kz then how are you KZ. i'm doing well how are you i'm excellent thanks for joining us i appreciate it aki was just giving us the uh the two sentence elevator pitch for dream well okay right on i gave like one sentence if you have another sentence you have another <laughs> sentence that would be perfect uh i well i i missed the first one so 
<laughs> I don't I know. I thought we're a really there. gay screamo band. I don't know. uh you know that's that's pretty much it i think (laughs) that's actually really efficient because usually when we ask for these it turns into a very rambly thing that you know goes on for much much more than two sentences so so like you actually delivered according to brief so (laughs) that's what we try that's what we strive for we'll ramble (laughs) about other things Brilliant. We're, that, this is the show for that, for sure. Bruce, where would you want to take this? Uh, so um, let me start right from the beginning. A really gay screamo band. Do you find that uh, you get any pushback in the scene from that or no? Not yet. I don't uh, think so. I'm, I think I'm interested to see if... I think the metal world is very accepting of everything, right? I think it depends on what, like, what, like, uh scene of metal we're talking about but like screamo and stuff adjacent to it is it's definitely i think more um it's more predominantly kind of attended by folks kind of on the on the margins so um like i think if we were going to play like a like an old school hardcore set you know we would probably get fucked over there but the shows that we're playing now we're doing okay so you select uh, those that you're playing for that reason, or is it that's just the way it's happened? It's it's not. I don't think it's why we started doing it, but it is definitely a motivating thing. Um, you know, to to represent, you know, the backgrounds that we come from, and give other folks who are from that same sort of uh, demographic, um, you know, shows that they can feel like they can attend safely. Um, like they know the, the folks putting on the show are going to be on their team if anything happens. So, right. Interesting. Aki, I interrupted you. Sorry. I was just saying, uh, I'm still waiting for us to get asked to play like a death core show or something and see how uh, those people respond. I can't imagine that it would be, I mean, I've been in, you know, in the metal world for a long time, but I can't imagine that it's still, that sort of stuff still exists in the metal scene anyway. Maybe I'm wrong and, you know, I'm on the outside, but. I thought the well, I mean, was very, you know, accepting and that's the whole basis of it, right? Supposed the, to be. The, the vocalists of two very uh, well-known and established deathcore bands both came out as like transphobic and homophobic at the same time. So, Oh, okay. Well, maybe I'm not as uh, versed as I thought. Well, the vast majority, I think, are, are with it, but there's still a yeah. very vocal... Uh, minority of people who uh, are not accepting, unfortunately. Isn't that crazy? We're in 2023 and we still have this. Yes, it is. I, I'm, I'm speechless here. <laughs> like, um, it's it's so weird. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you, but you I don't know. I mean, think even... that they get confronted or, or like, you know, that first of all, the music scene in itself is, is such like a blending pot of, of different kinds of people and, and like, you know, that you come across people who will like, you know, dress weird, speak weird, sing weird, you know, just do weird shit. And it's generally a good thing that you're not boring. You're not basic. You're like breaking some sort of boundaries. So it's, it's super odd to me that within that parameter, there are people building fences. Why? 
how <laughs> yeah it is silly it's it's very silly um i do feel like it's not a thing that gets confronted a lot and honestly it's not a thing that i feel like we would get confronted by very frequently because right. these people do tend to be uh cowards so they usually keep it to themselves in real life you know what i mean um yeah but it i don't i don't know it is a very uh foolish thing that it's still something we have to encounter you know all right so yeah. Let's talk about the record then. Sophomore record, In My Saddest Dreams, I Am Beside You, is due out. Do I have that wrong? October 20th. No, yeah, yeah, yeah October okay. 20th. Right, okay. I was just I was looking at the date. Oh, I yeah. wrong. But now that it's uh, complete, I'm assuming, how do you feel about it, and are you satisfied with the outcome? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. Um, I, my goal with the album was to make the most miserable album that I possibly could, and... Wow. Uh, I did. So <laughs> I, I got all my my stuff done anyway. Yeah, I think musically uh, it came out pretty much how we envisioned it as we were working on it, um, which is a huge achievement in terms of like creating an album. Like I feel like with every pretty much every album I've been a part of, it's always like 80, 90 percent of the way there in terms of sounding right. like I'd hoped it would. Um but uh, we were really proud of ourselves for how this turned out musically. And I think uh, musically it also supported the, um, the misery that uh, KZ is describing. So let's go back to uh, KZ. What, when you say misery, is it like a cathartic sort of experience? Or what kind of misery are we talking about? Like uh, no, I was just really miserable um, when I was writing it. And so I wanted everybody else to feel that way too. It's not, there's, it's not, uh, I wouldn't call it cathartic. I would, I would call it just like upsetting. I wanted to make an album that's upsetting. <laughs> Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads. But this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. So at the end of the day, there's not a takeaway you want your fans to take away from this. This is just yeah, we no, just wanted not, to like, be upset. <laughs> there's not. Um, I feel like because honestly, because I feel like recently most um, like big name screamo just hasn't been doing that mm -hmm. lately. Hasn't been like actually like miserable music, you know. Um, and that I feel like any of this sort of stuff was was born of that in a way and i f i feel like uh i'm more influenced by you know some like really extreme doom bands um than i am like other screamo bands so bands like conate or the body um and i wanted to i wanted to bring some of that into what we're doing um and sort of push screamo back into a a, a music form that kind of celebrates just not feeling very good you know because I think I think ignoring those feelings and not making them part of what you do when it is what you're actually experiencing 
isn't actually like it's not helpful and it's not authentic. Okay, I mean that's fair enough. Hey, Brian. Uh, yeah, we have a, we have another addition here. Brian <laughs> has joined us as well. Sorry, I say hi. Go on break at work. Um, hi, I'm Ryan. Do I do like the whole thing of saying I play guitar and shit? Ah, you're you're good. <laughs> okay, especially the shit. <laughs> Rena, what do you got? Well, now I'm just like happy we got a whole band here. Probably like, is there is there anybody still missing, or are you all, all here? Uh, um, no, this is we don't have everybody, but we have everybody that's gonna be here. Okay, okay. Right. okay. So who's missing still? Like, what um, do they do? Justin, our bass player, and Anthony, our drummer, are not present. And are they not like you just don't allow the public to ever see them? They're not. <laughs> no, no Justin, it's just... Justin is working. <laughs> Anthony hates doing interviews, so Anthony doesn't want to have anything to do with it. <laughs> no, they, they both have just like real person jobs and can't leave in the middle of the day. Right. Do this. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, at a thrift store right now. So. <laughs> so I have a question for you then. The Obelisk of Hands. When it got picked up by uh, Liquid Metal, how did that feel? I mean, that's pretty massive, right? Yeah, that felt pretty crazy for me. Um, the first real like show, I like the first big show I ever went to was Lamb of God, Gojira, Machine Head, and Trivium. Mm -hmm. um, Beautiful show, so by that, the way. Yeah, it was sick. And uh, I don't know, so to have that dude playing our song, debuting our song, and like kind of talking good things about it was, uh, I mean, not something I anticipated happening to me at any point in my life. So, yeah, that's pretty wild. Was the uh, response to it really good? Did you guys get lots of uh, messages yeah. or feedback? Uh, yeah, the most the we've response, gotten so far. Yeah, for sure. Obelisk did really well. Um, people who were really stoked about it. Um, yeah, it was fun. It was fun to put out. Rena? I'm sorry, I had to uh, attend to some mummying business, so I oh. lost my track there a little bit. But um, but yeah, uh, you guys said that um, the venues that you've been playing or the <laughs> kinds of shows that you've been playing have not been the kind where where like you know you would get confronted or the audience wouldn't be ready for what you're doing. Is this like an idea that fascinates you to go and take it, take the show to like a setting, whatever it may be, like a like a child's birthday party or <laughs> I don't know, like the Trump I rally. Think, I definitely love shocking people. It's definitely yeah, a fun I part think it of depends it. on the environment. Like, I mean, we did just the, uh, like a couple weeks ago, we played a, a free show at a park um, that was like pretty well attended by like families and stuff. Um, and right. that was like, that was really fun. That's like a cool environment. Um, you know, the people that are there, they know they're, there for something but they're not quite sure what and then you get the passerbys who are just like kind of uh falling victim to it by just by <laughs> chance of of being in the wrong place at the wrong time right, um, right. we got a couple like uh fingers and ears responses people walking by yeah we Love also that. we played what turned out to be the first proper show at this venue in dallas texas uh that they had a stage but it was like predominantly just for like a like a one man with a guitar sort of like lounge music type yeah it set. felt like a like a city winery yeah and <laughs> it was it was like in a restaurant like in a small restaurant so when we played there were people there who were just there for dinner yeah, and when we when we started they got up and they left <laughs> they didn't want anything to do with it. <laughs> so job well done then right they were yeah 
<laughs> they were not expecting a uh, to see um, KZ bleeding that night. No. All right. Wait oh, a you, what you do you mean bleeding, bleeding on stage too? I used to. I'm reformed. Uh, I'm uh, healed now. But uh, but yeah, I used to um, end the set by smashing my uh, forehead open with my microphone. Wow. Nice one. So I've yeah, got, I've got to ask. Clearly, your body still remembers. You know. <laughs> I have scar. I do have scars. So it, it's recent retirement. I've got to ask. Though, did that yeah. ever go really bad, and you ended up needing medical attention? Not really? KZ. I mean, theoretically, there were t- were there times that I maybe should have gone and gotten medical attention. Yes, but I live in the United States of America, uh, so I'm not going to the hospital unless I'm actively dying. You had right. like the napkin under a ball cap move that was like, yeah. sufficing. <laughs> we take care of it. Yeah. And then you go Love so it. much. They, they paid us in <laughs> napkins. So, you know. <laughs> then... Took all the napkins from the people that left. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they probably had fancy cloth napkins there. Nice. I bet that's right. Yeah. It's better than currency, if you ask me. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> you can get like a free drink. Anything above, uh, anything fifteen dollars and below is good. And I was just like, a drink ticket typically is good for like something five dollars and less. I don't know what this means. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Top shelf. Right. Hey, when you guys are writing, I know Screamo kind of has like that breakdown sort of stuff. Are you guys writing the songs like? how they're going to come across on stage or are you writing the songs for the song's sake and then kind of just working them out? Um, well, we're writing them all in the same room together. Uh, oh, the traditional way. So yeah, yeah. We get to basically every week get together and write songs. So um, I think they, they usually are written for the stage before they're written for the recording. So in that same sense, and do you have trouble or ever have trouble adapting them to the stage? Like, oh, shit, we can't do this here. Uh, We have like a couple on this new album that we are kind of confused on what we're going to do if we ever play them live. But for the most part, we have ways of making sure it's like being. We definitely make sure we can play the song live first before we ever go and record it. Anything that comes after that is just like extra like, oh, hey, this is cool because we don't have to do this live. Right. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with it being different on stage. I mean, I've definitely like I've no, I've definitely changed what I do based on like having played the songs live. Okay, and I think when you're all in the room like that, things are more organic and more real as well, right? I mean, because I think sometimes you can tell when it's been emailed back and forth or phoned in as opposed to where the song kind of just grows from an idea bouncing off each other. Yeah, definitely. Um, And one thing that happens is that when we go in to do like pre-production and recording, um, we realize that we have all these like kind of like tempo shifts that we didn't know were there. Uh, So it'll be like, oh, we actually slowed down 10 BPM there. and we should keep that on the recording because that's just how we've been playing it and how it feels. But um, if we had just been like emailing it back and forth, I don't think that sort of thing would be there. I think it would right. be more just like on the grid. Right. I, w- I wouldn't know how to do that because I had trouble getting my computer to work for this interview. So <laughs> it, just doesn't, it just doesn't work in our world. <laughs> that's beautiful. Rena, what you got? Well, what's like the best case scenario after the album comes out? What what would be the best possible 
outcome? Uh, we can pay our bills. <laughs> yeah. I, I love the realism. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, my ambitions are not selling out stadiums. My ambitions are like I come back home from tour and I'm not wondering if I have a home to come back to. Right. That's basically it. Speaking of tour, are you planning on taking this out on the road? We're on tour in November, yeah. How long are you going out for? Uh, this one's like 10 days, something like that. Um, U.S.? Yeah. In yeah, we're, we're yeah, looping up through uh, Montreal and Toronto, around the Great Lakes, and then back up to where we are nice we're also playing with uh blind equation mm-hmm. who's putting out an album on friday i believe oh, nice yeah really cool band before we go can you tell fans where they can find you give us your socials yeah uh, um, most of we're places. on twitter and instagram both are both are at dreamwell ri i'm pretty confident um do we have a tiktok yeah is there anything on it no it's um, <laughs> I think that's that's more or less it. Bandcamp, Dreamwell, and records November twentieth, and the tour is in November as well. October twentieth. Um, yeah. yeah, excellent and sweet. I appreciate you guys taking the time. Hope that wasn't too bad. No, no, Perfect. thank you. Sorry for being late. <laughs> uh, no worries at all. We got it done. <laughs> Have a good day. Exactly. Good luck with the record. Yeah, thank you. It was right, lovely meeting you guys. You too. Well, have a great day. Bye. You too. Bye. Ever wonder what a punch from Elton John feels like? Or how you'd cope with having turned down the chance to be in Nirvana? Or what signal Keith Richards gives when he wants you to get the hell out of his hotel room? Fans of Too Much Effing Perspective don't have to wonder, because they've heard these exact stories and a jillion others on our podcast. I'm Alex Hoffman, former tour manager for Radiohead. And I'm musician and comedy writer Alan Keller. On the TMEP show, we get guests like Nancy Wilson from Heart, Jeremiah Freights from the Lumineers, and Modern Family's Julie Bowen to tell us things they may have only shared with their therapist, clergy, or a TMZ stringer. So join us on Too Much Effing Perspective. That's E-F-F-I-N-G Perspective. The only podcast you crank up to 11. <laughs>